neighbors and sisters, children and old folks, runaways and dreamers of all ages, we welcome you this evening to the most spectacular gathering of freaks, outcasts, misfits, orphans and foreigners in all the seven continents and all the oceans in between. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to announce to you this evening that you are together in the presence of the illustrious, the almighty, the all-knowing and all-merciful Father God. So sing boisterously, dance wildly, shout with joy and exultation, clap your hands, stomp your feet, grab the nearest musical instrument and play along. Lift your voice without hesitation for Hey guys, this is Mike with just a preliminary announcement before we get going with the episode proper. Uh, what you just heard is a sampling of the first track from a CD by a band called Insomniac Folklore. The track is called Runaways and Dreamers, Freaks and Misfits, Welcome. I absolutely fell in love with this song, I, and as well as the two other CDs worth of songs that I got from these guys. Uh, I first heard them at the Steampunk World's Fair on Friday night. You'll hear about these guys later on and, and the time I had with them and the stuff that I'm looking forward to working with them on towards the end of the episode. But as soon as I heard this, I thought, this is us, this is you guys, this is all of us here at Game Store Profits, this is what we do. Uh, later on at the episode, if stay tuned, I know sometimes you get lost in the shuffle of the, the same ending we tack on at the end of our episodes as we talk about emails and, and Facebook pages and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you to listen to the entirety of this episode, because at the very end I got permission to play in its entirety their rendition of This Little Light of Mine. It's a lot of fun. It's a combination of Sunday School and Bar Room, and it's the coolest thing I've ever heard. It's a very cool sound for a very old song. Definitely look forward to hearing more from these guys in the future. Uh, you'll, we'll be providing with links and everything like that on our, fa on our Facebook page and on our actual on the actual site itself. So definitely the Insomniac Folklore, check them out. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Luke and me. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the show where geeks talk about God. This is episode 49 of Game Store Profits. My name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. Who is back fresh from a steampunky weekend. Uh, I had so much fun. I It was really kind of special. There was a special moment when I walked in this year. Oh, it's a special episode of uh, Game Store Profits, is it? I, I walked in, and I walked up to the registration, and I said, I think you have a pass for me. And they asked me my name, and they said, why, yes, we do have a pass for you. And they handed it to me, and it was shiny and golden, and it said VIP guest. Ooh, and and I I felt kind of awkward as I sat in the lobby of this hotel, going, "Look, look, it's pretty, it's yellow, and it says I'm a VIP." So, so what <laughs> makes you a a steampunkish VIP? This, this is in the podcast. Literally, this is what got me the the fact that I could look to somebody and say, "I do a podcast." Oh, the glory of the press pass. Nice, nice. Hopefully, it won't be the uh, the last press pass that y you get. Oh, I hope not, because it was a ton, it was a ton of fun. Literally, like they ha they have these like special events that you have to like pay extra for or know somebody or whatever. 
And I walked up to one and they're like, can I see your pass? And I go, yeah. And they're like, oh, you can come right up here in the front. I go, yes. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I do this show for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, obviously I'm passionate about gaming, passionate about Christ. But it, one of the great parts of this show is that I have gotten to know you a little bit better. I got to be your friend, uh, which means Aww, that occasionally that's like, that's like I adorable. get to see women with wooden wings. Oh, she was so cool. I, I, You know, I mean, just these little glimpses into your world. And I think this stuff is... I, 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 does this really exist? Evidently it does. That's amazing. And that moment, uh, in, in case you guys don't know what Luke's talking about, I posted up... Facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. Yes, on the Facebook page, I posted up the album of pictures that I took. The very first picture is this woman that has these amazing wood and claw and canvas wings. I love canvas. Can I tell you how much I love canvas? There's you not enough canvas. canvas in the world. So she's walking past me and the wings are down. They're they're unfolded. Or not un- they they are folded. They're furled. And I just I I walked up and I said, "I got to ask." And this is the kind of moment that can only happen at the World's Fair. She's walking by with her boyfriend/creator of the wings apparently. And I said, "I got to ask, do the wings work?" And so she stopped, and her boyfriend kind of fiddled with something behind her, and all of a sudden, whoosh, like Batman style, the wings stuck Ah, out. that's awesome. And I'm like, oh, that is just fantastic. And if that wasn't enough, the greatest thing was when he looked at me, he goes, D- do you want to see how it works? I'm like, yes. And so this, this very patient woman, I'm sure, because I'm sure I'm not the only person who did this to her, and I feel bad now. But uh, she's just kind of staring off to the distance while her boyfriend and I are sitting there looking at the backpack that holds these wings. <laughs> and he's explaining to me the, the various cables and mechanisms that hold it into place. It was so cool. But yeah, no, I, I met several people and many of them, the conversation started with, please tell me that actually works. <laughs> and the answer, of course, was always, well, yeah. <laughs> Very no, nice. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love the World's Fair. I was so happy because uh, the reason I got the press pass was because uh, a guy I actually work with in my day job is one of the guys who runs things, and I asked him. I go, "Hey, man, what does what is required to get a press pass? Do you like have to have so many listeners or followers? Do you have to be a recognized podcaster or YouTube person?" He goes, "You have a podcast? Yeah, that's it." Really? He goes, wait, no, there is one other thing. Are you going to talk about the Steampunk World's Fair on your podcast? I have the past couple years. And before I knew it, I had a press pass. It was gorgeous. (laughs) There you go. Ask and you shall receive, my friend. So glad that you had a good time last weekend. My play weekend is coming up. I'll be at KublaCon in uh, San Francisco this weekend. That's just a fun one to say. It is, isn't it? Uh, It's almost as good as ConCon. Kublacon. Uh and yeah, and spelled K U B L A I A I something like that. Uh, you know, Genghis' son. And uh we uh so I'll head up there, uh I, I have to decide how early I want to get up on Saturday morning, but basically spend three days doing nothing but board gaming and card gaming and miniatures gaming, uh, amongst about a thousand other nerds, and uh we're gonna hang out. And so I am looking forward to that. Um, that I mean, I've kind of known that that happened 
every year. Um, but I was really encouraged to go by uh, our local friendly local game store. I said local twice. Uh, owners who are like lifetime members, high chieftains of, of the Kublacon. And nice. so, uh, you know, I've been spending a whole lot of time there lately, gotten to know them. And uh, also gotten to ha- kind of have a gaming group going now. Uh, and some of them are going as well. So uh, it should be fun. I have never been to a specifically gaming convention. I've been to plenty of geeky conventions where there was gaming happening, but never right. been to a specifically gaming convention. So this should be a this should be fun. There's a, a whole long list of games that you know you know how it is. They give you the schedule, you know, and everything overlaps, and you're just oh, like, yeah, of course ah, I don't know. This is like Sophie's Choice. How do I make the decision? You have to you have to make the hard calls. Yeah, yeah. So do I want to play games that I already know how to play? Do I want to learn new games? Do I want to just go shop at the flea market the whole time? I don't know. One of these years, man, we're going to have to get an East meets West and meet up in in uh, Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, right there in the middle of the country and uh, uh, and head out and do that. I think uh, that has definitely got to be on the uh, Game Store Profits bucket list. Yeah, that that's one thing. Here, we'll, we'll give you your, your – your, our, our faithful listeners, we'll give you the uh, weekly – this is something we want to see done. That's definitely going to be part of Project Awesome is to get us to Gen Con at some point. Absolutely. And speaking of Project Awesome, it is progressing, folks. I know we keep teasing it, and we don't mean to tease it, uh, but it, it is absolutely progressing every single week, almost every single day. We are taking steps toward break, making this a reality. And uh, I'm excited, and I, I hope you guys are as well. And uh, I know Mike's just uh, over the moon about it. So, <laughs> well, I I feel kind of bad because because Ben Avery, yeah Ben Avery from over at Strangers and Aliens was like, man, I just want to know more about Project Awesome. When is when are we gonna learn more about it? And I'm like, this is a big thing. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I, I I will give the secret out. If you want to know more about Project Awesome, here's how you're gonna do it. Okay. I'm giving you the inside secret, the inside scoop here. Ready? Spoilers. Volunteer. Yes. Uh, if you decide that you want to be part of Project Awesome, and we've already described a little bit about what it is, it takes the, the connection between geek and God to the next level. That's the kind of ministry that you think you might want to be involved in. Send us an email, and we will get back to you. We will start chatting with you a little bit about who you are, what your skill set is, what your passion in life is. And uh, there may be a good chance that uh, you'll find a spot in Project Awesome. Because we and certainly can't do it all. Not no, even close. The the workload already. I mean, we're just in the planning stage. Of this, and the workload is already like, uh, dude, we're in trouble. The stuff that we are looking to put together is so above and beyond us. We're yeah, way, really, way really... outside our skill set. Yeah, we're living in the world of we're we're trusting in God to make this happen because if it's on our shoulders, we are screwed from word go. We're we're really we're really reaching out there and seeing what God's gonna do. So, uh, GameStoreProfits at Gmail dot com. Uh, we have a couple people who have already reached out to us and said that they want in, and we're we're very excited. We're already talking with all sorts of fun people. We've already got people who, who are at work doing stuff for us right now. And so it it is definitely at that stage where things are happening. And hopefully, 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 I don't know, soon, I'm not going to even pretend to give dates, but soon, 
we will be able to uh, give Project Awesome a name at least, a place where you can go see what it's about, and uh, that's going to happen in, eventually. Here we go, Luke. I'm, I'm all about, you know, it's not right just to ridiculously tease and not throw out something. So I think we should give right. something. And I will say that one of the people who we've gotten in contact with through connections, uh, through our Game Store Profits listeners, uh, a friend of mine who listens to the show connected me to this woman. We are, you know, the Game Store Profits logo is, well, it shows that it was made by me, who is strictly an amateur. Well, and I think we were doing it at like one in the morning your time. It, it was it was something obscene. It was something along those lines. I was, yeah, it was it was bad, and I we just needed something, so I whipped something up. So we actually got in touch with a woman by the name of Amy Irvin, and I'm sorry if that if I mispronounce your last name, Amy, but that's how it's spelled, and so that's how I'm going to call it. Amy is actually a graphic designer. And I'm sure when I'll post this, I'll put a link up to her portfolio so that if you need design work, she'll do it. Amy was great, has been so great to us because we basically looked at her and said, we want to do a complete revamp of the look of Game Store Profits as it's going to be part of the greater epic that is Project Awesome. And we want to get a new professionally done logo, but we have no money. And she has graciously donated her time and her efforts uh, she sent us a bunch of the, the the first looks at these at these logos, and guys, they look really cool. I at some point we're going to implement them into the site, probably, and that'll be happening much faster than that. Yeah, Project the the, reva- the revamp to the look of the Game Store Profits stuff is going to happen a lot sooner than the overarching stuff. So we definitely wanted to thank Amy for what she's doing. She is doing this completely donation. And she is just so great. It's so funny, too, because she she's just... I've, I've never even spoken to this woman outside of emails. Uh, but I can already tell she's just this really humble, really awesome person because she keeps apologizing for being slow. <laughs> and I'm like, you're doing this for free. Take as much time as you want. <laughs> I'm so glad you're just being a participant in this. But, yeah, so if you, if you guys are are interested on learning more... We can't make huge public declarations yet, but I have no problem talking to people about it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's not hidden. It's just we don't want to we don't want to say too much before it actually happens. Now, I know we have posted on the the Facebook page some of our needs. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, just in case that we haven't. Uh, we do have some very specific needs uh, that we yes. would love to have volunteers fill. Uh, we could use a lawyer. Uh, we could use a tech-savvy person who understands how to put together websites that are far more advanced than the website that we currently have, uh, that can handle all kinds of multiple authors and and audio and video and markets and all this kind of stuff. The kind of stuff that goes way beyond the just regular blog that we've got now. Right, the, uh, the free thing that comes with uh, Blogger or WordPress or whatever it is that we're WordPress running. I set it up and I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> uh, so we can definitely use some tech, some tech back up, um, and uh, like you said, we've got great designer who's working with us already. Mike, I'm blanking here. What else? What else do we need? We need somebody who's who's good with money, accountanty types. Yeah, yeah. So I, those are the kind of things uh, that we need currently, as we're in this startup phase. Uh, we will definitely be looking for more. 
uh, creative types uh, as we progress farther into actually implementing Project Awesome. But at the moment, we're doing some of the nitty-gritty boring stuff, to be honest. This, uh, is, the, this is the groundwork from which that other stuff will be launched from. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're creating the launch pad right now from which the Project Awesome rocket will shoot from. So uh, we definitely uh, are looking for your help. Uh, and uh, hook us up through Facebook or uh, through our email. And uh, we've kind of gotten a little long on this, so let's, let's get on to something fun. Let's, let's move on to other important stuff. Video games. That's important. Oh, oh, have we been playing video games. I don't know if playing is the right word. Experiencing? I, uh, suffering. Um, <laughs> enduring. Enduring. Uh, um... Yeah, so we've both been playing, and Mike started it, and then I, he said so much good about it that I decided to buy a game called Don't Starve. Don't Starve. Which I think is probably only available on Steam. Uh, I haven't seen it I anywhere else. I believe it is. I think at some point... So I'm gonna... able to play it on a Mac, so that's something. Uh, and so... Don't Starve is one of those games that is available on... If you go on Steam, it's available on Windows, Mac, and even Linux. It's one of the Linux right. games. And it, and it is a very simple game in terms of its interface. Oh, it really is. So it it is a top-down, isometric, uh, hand-drawn, kind of a um, Nightmare Before Christmas-ish. Not quite that uh, extended, if you get my drift, but... I, I would say the the art style definitely has a Tim Burton-y flair yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not quite as, as, as extreme, but as Tim Burton normally does. Maybe kind of dialed back just a touch. Right. It's it's. I would say a dialed back Tim Burton is very very solid. Right. right. Uh, and the game you start off as a you are a, a Victorian explorer, a Victorian named gentleman Wilson. explorer named Wilson, and you have been been mysteriously transported to a a new dimension, a new world, a new environment, uh, with absolutely nothing but your wit and. Uh, uh, your wiki on your back. Yeah, uh, and, and your wiki, because you're gonna need the wiki. I tried. <laughs> I played for quite a while without the wiki because I was gonna do it, and eventually, you just, yeah. I, you have I to have build. To... You you I lie. <laughs> I have yet to go to the wonder that is the internet. Uh, what day have you gotten to? Twenty three. Oh, you no way. <laughs> I died uh, on nineteen. What can I tell you? How many hours? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, okay. So so basically you you literally have to harvest and build everything to survive in this world. And it is exactly what you would expect out of a wilderness world. You have to figure out how to cut down trees. Uh, you don't need water, strangely enough, but you do need to figure out how to harvest food or maybe how to trap your food or or how to to seek out your food, and then occasionally trees come to life and eat you. No, no, no. There's a trick to get around that. Well, there is, but my point is that every once in a while in this world, weird stuff happens. And if the lights go out at night, you're really in trouble. My favorite weird thing, if we're talking just weirdness of Don't Starve, I think my favorite weird thing would probably have to be when I played with one of the other characters. After you play with Wilson, you can unlock, you can unlock other, other, characters. other characters, of course, yeah. And one of them is this little blonde girl. And I, I can't remember her name. Is she the one who sees people at night? She, basically, I was walking around, and it was dusk, and it was, 
she was yelling at me saying, you know, night's coming, I need a fire. Right. And as right. I was ready I was I was ready to do this, I came across a beehive. And bees were not happy that I was coming up on the beehive, and so they started chasing me. Out of nowhere, a pink ghost came out of the ground and started attacking the bees. Well, that's convenient. For those of you who have never played Don't Starve, if there's something in front of you and it's selectable, there's two options. You you can examine it or you can pick it up. Well, if you examine it, I examined the pink ghost with a little bow in her hair. Hair being a loose word. <laughs> and it the the little, you know, little blonde-haired girl looked up at the screen as if she was looking right at me and said, "Oh, that's my twin sister Abigail." <laughs> awesome. Apparently, her sister Abigail had passed on, and in if you get attacked at night, Abigail comes to your rescue. So, okay, so at its core, this game is about collecting and combining items to survive. You have three uh, pools that you need to maintain. You have your health, your hunger, and your sanity. And uh, this is an incredibly unforgiving game. Oh, yeah, it is. It is brutal hard. If you look away, if the kids come and distract, you are dead, and dead is dead. Start the game over. Uh, okay, Luke, uh, I, I want to I throw this out to you first. Uh, this is one thing I'm going to do. What is one weird-looking monster that you, you talked about looking away? Have you ever had a moment where one weird-looking monster has come out of nowhere, and by the time you say, what the heck is that, it has already eaten your face? Oh, absolutely. That's the first thing. Okay, so I'm playing. I'm. Th I think I'm doing really well. I have built myself a camp. I have actually built myself a walled camp, and I have planted all kinds of trees in a certain area so that I would be able to harvest all of the wood that I need to keep my fires going. I've got plenty of traps out. I'm, I'm eating bunny like it's going out of style. <laughs> and uh, it gets back to evening. I've lit my fire, and I do what I do most evenings, which is harvest some of the trees that are near my base camp, because they're close. Oh, I it's see where quick. this is going. It's quick, and you know you're able to uh, stay within the realm of your uh, of your campfire during the twilight period when you're still safe. So I'm chopping away, chop, 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 chop. I fell a tree. I move on to the next tree, and it turns into an ant. Somebody harvested too much wood in one spot. I didn't know that. I see the thing is I had I had planted though. I had replanted all of the pine cones. I just didn't replant them quickly enough. And seeing as the ant came alive right next to my camp, just as night was falling, game over. Game over. Aww. And you start all over again. If you're on day Two, you start over again. If you're on day 20, you start over again with nothing. So I have to ask you again, Mike, why is this game so fun? This game is is challenging, and it's interesting, and it's exploration at its finest. Because you literally have nothing, and you're just dropped into this world and said... And and I love the opening, because the opening... I, I there, there are no spoilers in Don't Starve. Because they're, they're granted, they're adding some stuff in with with patches and updates. Right, right. But at its core, there's no story. You're a dude. No, no, no. There's no story. Dude is dropped into weird place. Dude survive. has to survive. Don't starve. But when you when you're dropped into this weird place, there's this weird, like 
Dracula-looking guy who stands over you and says, Hey, pal, what you doing? You should probably get a fire going, because it's going to get dark soon. And then yeah. that's it. It's and then very he's clearly like, hey, it's the devil. Bye. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the thing is, for me, about this game, it's it's somehow incredibly repetitive and completely fresh at every moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you are completely at the mercies of a randomly generated world every time you play the game. You have no idea how many times I have just scoured this little island place I was on going, crap, where are the beefaloes? I need I need manure. Yeah, you were going, crap, I need crap. Crap, <laughs> I need crap. I can't build a farm without crap. We need poo. And, you know, or rocks. Without gold, you're in trouble. Oh, uh, there you know? was... I will say that there was one time I started up a game and I couldn't find gold anywhere. I was playing for like 10 minutes without gold. And gold I, is a requirement. I got to day nine without finding yeah. any beefalo. And you're just oh, like, I've, oh, I've I'm in trouble. Past, I've gone way past nine without beefalo. <laughs> oh, see, like, you know, and... And so you have to decide, like, am I going to set up my base camp here, or am I just going to keep on moving? And uh, it, it's it's a tricky thing. It's a ton of fun. It's a ton of style. Everything is a joke. Everything in the game has a joke somewhere tied okay. to it. Okay, I've got I've got a good one for the joke stuff. There's a, I could spend the next forty five minutes talking about the jokes in this game. But one of the ones that I love is you're never told what you need to build until like there's a, there's a progression of tech. It's almost like like Civ in a way. You build one thing that lets you build other things that lets you build other but you things. Can, but you can't see the progression more than maybe a step or two ahead until you've gotten to the point where you're standing next to the thing that will let you build it. Then it'll tell you, okay, you need these things to build right. this. So I'm standing next to my little science machine, which, yes, that's exactly what it's called. It's the science machine. And all of a sudden, the little light bulb pops up that says, hey, you can build something. I go, huh, I wonder what I can build. Well, apparently, with two rabbits and a stick, I could build bunny earmuffs, mm. <laughs> which are basically two rabbits on a stick. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I love that. When you harvest the rabbits, they come as rabbits. Yeah. And to get them into meat form, you have to click the button that says murder. <laughs> yeah, right click to murder the rabbit. Right. And uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. They're pig, pig men. I mean, you can't go wrong with pig men. And uh, yeah, it's, so it's a ton of fun. I, mean, I know you've been playing another indie game. Now wait, it, are these indie games? Do we still call these indie games? I think technically yes. They're not done by major developers, and so I would still call them indie games. And uh, you know, now though, with Steam and Steam, especially with their project Greenlights, where uh, yeah. they're starting to open up the doors to like halfway done indie games. <laughs> oh yeah, I I don't know why they started doing the the early what is it the early early access yeah like hi this game's in alpha it's not even in beta but you can pay to get in it no. <laughs> Well, and I'll tell you what, I was digging through the Steam library the other day, and I realized, like, every single game, like, you know, maybe 75% of the games were not big games. No. And I'm not I'm not real sure what I thought about that, to be honest. I mean, hey, I'm all for spending 10 bucks for a game, especially if it's going to give me 20 hours of fun, like Don't Starve has. Right. Uh, but 
at the same time, you're like, well, wait a minute, where's Halo? Where's, you know, Far Cry? Where's Civilization? There seems to be, at least on Steam, a whole lot of little games. And see, I, I love that. I, I've been, other than Bioshock Infinite, I can't recall a game that is, has been quote-unquote AAA that I've really been excited for and, and, and longed for. I, I mean, there have been some, some high-quality games, like one game that I've been kind of interested in, not necessarily right away, uh, but there's a game, it's a first-person shooter called Metro Last Light. That looks really good. Um, but at, at the same point, unless you're a gamer, you probably have no idea what that game is. I, I will not stop hyping this game that uh, I found out through articles on Penny Arcade Report and on other gaming sites about, it's called Remember Me. I will not stop talking about how awesome that game looks, but no one's heard of it. Every time I've mentioned that game to someone outside of a gamer context, they've looked at me cross-eyed. Like, what the heck is this game you're talking about? I've never even heard of it. And and it, it, it looks like a really well done, really pro-grade, triple-A style game. But even then, you know, they're not, pu- they're not putting it out there. They're not putting their money behind it. And so it's, I, I've really kind of relied on these, these indie games, not because they're the cheap ones, even though that's why I end up owning more of them than the, the AAA games. But really, the indie games are the ones that, that are putting out quality games. They're, the, they're putting out games that are interesting. I, I'm done with Call of Duty. I don't want to ever right. play it again. I'm sick of it. Right. I, and what's really strange to me is I've discovered myself saying this, too. I don't want to play another Final Fantasy game. And if if 10-year-old Mike heard 33-year-old Mike saying that, he would smack him across the face. Because I thought Final Fantasy was the greatest game ever. And well, I thought there, the series... There's definitely innovation happening. I'll give you that. Because these are some innovative games. These are games that have play styles that are quite unlike what we have come to expect. And, you know, I mean... I'll tell you what, at least at the end of a console cycle like this, I'm really happy to find all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. And and it does kind of remind me a little bit of the board game world. Okay. Uh, in that, you know, you definitely, there are big board games. Okay? Yeah, there are. Uh, but there's, I mean, there's a ton of board games. <laughs> uh, and they're they're just cranking them out, and most of these are small companies doing them. And they're the kind of thing that, Unfortunately, still cost 50 bucks a piece for the most part, though I have found a new website that is super cheap, Cool Stuff Inc., and support your local game store. But, <laughs> you know, there's so much stuff that is out there that you can experience, but it is hard because you lose stuff. You just miss it. And, you know, I come from a gaming world where everybody knew every single big game that was coming out. Yeah. And it was like everybody played all the same stuff. You know, but now everybody plays different stuff. I'm sure there's a great number of people out there who are listening to this show who are like, I don't want to play Don't Starve. You know, that and, sounds boring and repetitive. Right. And it is repetitive. It's not boring, but it is repetitive. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you know, maybe I don't want to play this or I don't want to play that. And, and yet we're all kind of now able to make our own choices in the gaming world. And you miss stuff. And I, I don't like that I miss stuff. I'm the kind of guy, I want to play everything. But it's just not possible anymore. Nobody has that kind yeah. of money or time. Oh, I can greatly appreciate that. Every You know, you talk about board games. Every, there are so many board games out there. 
that I desperately want to get my hands on that I simply can't due to, to budgetary stuff. And this is, I'm talking as a guy who has within an arm's reach of him about 30 board games. Yeah, who has $1,000 worth of board games, you know. And I'm saying that I want many more, but that just can't happen in the budget. So I know full well the the vast amount of stuff that's out there. If you ever want to see the kind of stuff, you talk about cool stuff. Cool stuff actually backs this this podcast. Not our podcast, but the one I'm about to mention. Cool stuff backs the Dice Tower. And the guy who runs the Dice Tower is by, a guy by the name of Tom Vassell. And if you ever watch Tom Vassell on YouTube and you see His the wall room of that, games. He, that he broadcasts from, that room is dedicated to board games. And it is just wall-to-wall, quite literally, board games. And there's stuff that he gets rid of and he doesn't have and he wants to get his hands on. So, yeah, I there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, so speaking of board games that uh, you want to get your hands on, uh, this past week I finally got to play a board game that I have been wanting to play for a really long time. And uh, one of the guys in our gamer group bought it and uh, brought it to group. Uh, and that's Archipelago. And <gasps> did you did you see I posted up on? Yeah, uh, you posted up the day after uh, the day after I played it is when you posted that. Yeah, the, the guys over they're they're over in England, I believe. They're certainly their accents are from England, um, but I believe they're still living over there. Uh, and it's the the show is called Shut Up and and Sit Down. Right. And it's a gaming, and they they did Archipelago, and I'm watching this game, and I'm like this. Looks awesome! It, okay, so uh, for folks who don't know, Archipelago was a tile-laying, hardcore Euro game. Like, there are so many mechanics going on in this one game that I thought for sure we were never going to rock this thing. But by about turn two, we kind of had figured out what was going on. And it's one of those games where at the end of it, all of us kind of looked at each other and went, oh, we have to play this more. This is the kind of you know, there are games that you play and they're fun, but then there are games that you play and, like, you you grow into, you know? You build, you start to understand the strategy of the game, and you have yeah. your own techniques and your own plans and, and whatnot. And this is that kind of game. One, because the victory conditions are always changing. You know, the I, I love the using the random deck to... I mean, a lot of games do this. Uh, game of Thrones does this, where there's a random deck that throws curveballs at you, basically, each and every turn. Um, and so you have... Uh, though that one's pretty... I mean, they're pretty much completely random at that point, at least with uh, with Game of Thrones, there's a little bit of uh, sanity to it. But but it is a game that's it's a big, big game, with, I'd say, probably six or seven different mechanics happening at the same time. And it is a ton of fun. It is a ton of fun, especially if you are... A very analytical, I want to understand and conquer this game kind of a player. It's semi-cooperative. Basically, you are re- we are recreating the colonization of somewhere. Uh, and so uh, you explore islands, and as you explore them, you exploit resources, including humans, including villagers. And the villagers uh, sometimes appreciate your exploiting them, and sometimes they do not. And uh, so you have to make sure that uh, a, a rebellion doesn't happen while you are trying to reach your victory conditions. But coolly enough, one of the victory conditions is causing the rebellion to happen. 
And so you never know, you may have be playing against a player who wants the rebellion to happen, uh, because that will give them a lot of victory points. Blast you, traitor mechanic! Yeah, and so uh, there's there's trading happening on two different markets at the same time. There's tile laying, resource uh, acquiring that you can sell or purchase from the market. You can build things with your uh, you can build things with your resources and money. You bid on turn order with money. You purchase uh, like. I forget what they're called, but basically they're power-up cards uh, with your money. There is a random deck of stuff that happens each turn that you have to address together as a group, or the rebellion comes closer to happening. All of these things happening at the same time, and you're like, ah, I need to play this more. (laughs) Normally, I I tend to, to shy away from games like that, not because I don't want to play them, but because I tend to hang out with a not-so-gamery crowd. Right, no, 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 you need a gamer group. That's don't go buy the, but... Don't go buy this game and ask your wife to play it. That's a bad plan. Oh, no. <laughs> you need nerds. This game is for nerds. Like, like, See, like... I don't know, though. I, I would say that I wouldn't go out and buy it at, if, for the sake of getting my wife to play it, but I think that she... Because she gets into that whole analytical stuff I think if I think she would enjoy that aspect of it, if nothing else. Well, I I think well I'll tell you what happened while we were playing. Several people were like, "Dude, what's going on here?" And like sat down at the table and watched the game play. They didn't play because you can't jump into the middle. But there were people watching the game happening. That's how crazy this is, and how interesting it is, and how much stuff there is going on. So I could definitely see where if you're playing this game, someone like your wife might jump in and say, "I won't play this next time." Because this looks really interesting. But it's it's right. so intimidating. I mean, even for us, and we're all experienced gamers, it took us a good hour to get the board set up and figure out what was going on. Well, and that, that there is something to be said for games like that, because I, I've most games that I start, if I'm doing it with, with people who aren't gamers, they, the games usually start with something along the lines of, look, I'm about to explain something to you. It's going to sound really complicated and really difficult, and you're going to think you're never going to remember any of it, and you're not going to have any fun. We will play this game twice around, and you will be then asking me for your own copy. Right. Like, that's just how... You're going to have to trust me on this. And more often than not, that's the way of it. Um, I think the, the, best, the best games I've, I've seen infiltrate people that way. First time I, I talked about Once Upon a Time... People looked at me weird. Then I think I think now I know at least half a dozen people who own the game because I played it with them. Munchkin. I explained <laughs> Munchkin to people. So hard to explain. So fun to play. I, I explained Munchkin to people and they looked at me weird. I know for a fact. In f- my uh, my wife's cousin now has this game because I brought it with me on one of the family trips. And the other one, I think the other one that I would have to cite would be Killer Bunnies in the Quest for the Magical Carrot. And I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) I don't have to explain why Killer Bunnies in the quest for the magical carrot is weird and possibly intimidating if you don't know what you're doing. I, I... However, there are lots of people listening right now who are probably shouting and how and talking about their favorite expansions because there's like 40 of them to this ridiculous game about rabbits trying to kill each other for carrots. And... But there's always that moment of, I don't want to do this, I'm 
this looks weird and hard and I don't think I'm going to enjoy myself. But then more often than not, people really get into it. Heck, Chris, my buddy who came on, he's, he's done some some guest appearances here on the on the podcast. I played a game of Star Flux with him. Star Flux. A couple games of a very simple card game. He now owns Star Flux, Regular Flux, Monty Python Flux, Cthulhu Flux. <laughs> yeah. I, I I took my kids to a game store and there was the Flux uh, wall, if you will. And my kids are like, look at all of them. We need to have them all. No. I, I will. <laughs> having played multiple games of Flux, not to get too far off of a side tangent right now, but having played multiple games of Flux, I will say that my favorites right now are probably uh if you're looking for an actual game of flux i would say that either star flux or cthulhu flux have been my favorites right that's a good one to introduce my kids to and if you want just (laughs) star flux is star trek go with that one right Right. and if you want just to have an absolutely ridiculous time with a bunch of true geeks the monty python one is insane i want to try the back to the future one i haven't played that one i can't i can't weigh in on that one you know, we, you know, today on this show, we have talked about a couple of things, right? We've talked about an extremely difficult video game that is, it has no story, it has no, I mean, it has some logic to it, but it's not, it doesn't seem like it would be compelling, yet it is. We have talked about a board game that is so convoluted, you would think, no one would want to play this, and yet it's super fun. We have talked about spending, me spending a weekend at a board gaming convention, and then you spending a weekend with people with wooden wings. <laughs> now, we understand, folks, that there is a high barrier to entry, sometimes, to the geek world. And, you know, I, I hear it all the time from listeners who are like, yeah, I'm not the kind of geek that you are, but I really love listening to this stuff. So my my invitation to you would be, come give it a shot. Come watch if you need to watch. Come jump in on a table if you want to. And you will find, within a couple of rounds, you figure out what's going on. And you might find a, a, a new home for yourself. And there might be some folks out there listening who are listening because they're gamers. And we hear this also from people who are like, hey, I just thought it was a game show. Uh show about games, not a game show. I think we got you. Maybe you think the same thing about uh, about church. I know I did. I was scared out of my mind the first time I went into a church. You know, my well not the first time, but the first time I voluntarily went into a church. You know, I grew up in in a Catholic background and my memories distant and foggy as they were of Catholic services were kind of strange. And I went into this service wondering like what are they going to do? And I remember very clearly this moment during the service. Everybody spontaneously stood up. And so I stood up with them. And all <laughs> I could think while I was standing there is, eventually, without instruction from anybody, all of these people are going to sit down. <laughs> and I won't know when to do it. And I'll be standing there by myself like an idiot. The only one. And I was scared out of my mind, and it was a new experience for me. And it was a place that I was uncomfortable with, but it was a place where I found something amazing. And just like a game store might be a place where you might feel uncomfortable, or a con might be a place where you might feel uncomfortable, a church might be a place where you might feel uncomfortable. But the people who are there, they're not weird people. Well, maybe at a con. 
but weird in a good way. We like being weird. Oh know? yeah, it's we, it's the most fun. And but they're not they're not there to harm you. They're there to share with you the things that they love. And hopefully we can we can encourage our churches to be that way. To understand one that we're strange and it's weird for people to walk into the into the door and watch and take part in the things that we do. And so we kind of hold their hands and we say, "Hey, look, let me explain this to you. Let me teach you this game. Let me explain to you how we're worshiping today. Why we stand up sometimes and why we sit down sometimes." And you know, I think as Christian gamers, we have the opportunity to do that twice. We have the opportunity to invite our Christian family and friends, that whole Christian world that we are part of, into our gaming passion. And we have the opportunity to invite our gamer friends, our game groups, our the guys we sit around the table with, the girls we roll dice with, and invite them into our Christian world. That's really what we're about. And, you know, uh, we get that sometimes that's really hard to do because sometimes things just seem so complex, but really they're not. Yeah, and, and a lot of these things, we can make that, I think that's the, the clearest connection between what we've been talking about with the game stuff and what we do with, with our, our faith and the church culture and stuff like that. It's that idea that it sounds like so much. Right. Um, there are so many times that get, I have an abundance of family where it's I I don't know where many of them stand with God because this I I get this speech more than anything else. I believe in God but I don't do church or I believe in God but it's my thing or and a lot of it has to do with baggage that they've received through bad experiences with churches and bad experiences with people in those churches that pretty much if they they start equating, if this is what God's like, I don't want anything to do with them. Um, I I know for me, I I had a lot of that same stuff before I became a Christian. Uh, the first time I walked into a church, it was really really uncomfortable for me because I had I had left the church and had no desire to go back to it ever. I I refer to it as my my get out of church free card when I got confirmed, and you know going back to it, I I started saying go why do we why did people do this why is this important why is this a thing then I, I got saved and I got thrown into ministry and then I got I started going to college where we were studying the Bible and even more so I found myself going holy crap why do we do this why is this important is this a thing uh why do we do this ritual after all these years but this one kind of fell by the wayside why you know I had so many questions about what's going on and you know the longer I'm in this this well, let, let's, um, the more I'm in this this faith game, as it were, and I just keep playing and I keep going through it and I keep learning the rules and experiencing the different strategies, it becomes something I'm more, I'm able to work with. It becomes something that I'm able to grasp. And while there's always going to be that thing that I didn't see or that that strategy that I didn't think of, it's becoming a, something that I really enjoy. It has been something that I really enjoy. And I love the fact that in spite of the fact that I've been a Christian now for pretty much half of my existence. I think I'm, I've reached just about halfway. No, next year, I'll have reached halfway of being a Christian versus not being a Christian. I There's still so much for me to learn, still so much for me to figure out. And I've said it before on here, me at 17, when I you know first prayed to receive Christ in that chapel in Chester, New Jersey, and me now is completely different. It's, you know, I'm a completely different person. My faith looks completely different than it did then. 
and I'd love to say that it's all for the better. I think it is. But a lot of it is just getting into the game and playing it. It's getting into understanding faith, understanding religion. I know that's a a horrible word in some people's vocabularies, that that religion is bad and organized religion is even worse. But I I think that it's important to understand that stuff. I think it's important. I'm not just saying that as a guy who's tried for a good portion of his life to get a job at a church. I'm saying it's important because as a guy who follows after God, that's what that's what religion is. Religion is nothing but man trying to reach out to God. Sometimes we, we do it right. Sometimes we do it wrong. But it's we have to realize that we do do it right. And even those of us and I came from a very very free church background. And they all say, like, no, 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 we don't do religion. We don't do all that stuff. Yes, you do. From the outsider's perspective, there are still rules to learn. There are still mechanics to understand. There are still cards to draw that don't make sense to anybody unless you've played the game for a while. Okay, that perfect illustration. I, I watch a thing on YouTube called The Mythical Show. It's by two guys named Rhett and Link who have been on YouTube pretty much since YouTube started. And they're hilarious. They're hilarious guys. And everybody and their uncle was posting this video on my web on my Facebook page and I was getting it in emails. They started doing this like skit show thing and one of their skits was uh, if you look at the board, it's like a combination of Settlers of Dominion, uh, the you know, Pandemic Edition. It's like every game all together. And it's just all these different rules. Like, here are three cards, but don't look at them. You know, you're going to pop this pop bubble to find out how many newborns are here for the prophecy. Like, th- you're going to have to go out to Mount such and such and pick this. And all this to find out, okay, you get to go first. <laughs> And and it's so ridiculous and it's so over the top and that's why it's so hilarious. But at the same point, you know, we're making this this connection between learning new games and learning the faith. And I got to tell you, a lot of times that is what it sounds like. When I explain, uh, especially when I explain things like I'm going to be fasting for a day and a half. You're going to what now? Or we're passing out a tiny little cup of juice and a stale cracker. What am I supposed to do with this thing? What, or, what does this have to do with anything? Or a basket. How much am I supposed to put in here? Do I have to put something in here? Uh, Should what, I, do I do kneel they, now? Do I stand right. now? Uh, you know, do I put my hands up when I sing? Do I not? Do I clap? Is it okay to clap for a sermon? Is it not? I mean, these are all rules. These are all mechanics that every church has. And when people come into that church, when the people come into your church, they're uncomfortable. They're confused. They don't know the rules. And even if they're coming from another church, they probably feel that way. <laughs> and oh, oh, if you want to see you want to see that in action, you want to see that in action, you see me on a day when I have agreed to go to my wife's father's church where he's the pastor. They go to a they're a reformed episcopal church, very, you know, hmm. well, com- compared to me, they're high church. High they, church. Right. You know, he he's investments and there's candles in places where I never thought a candle could go, and there's weird incense, and there's a moment when he's at the back of the church talking, and everyone's still looking forward, and I'm like, what the heck are we doing? <laughs> yep, yep. I was a youth pastor at a Lutheran church that had each each service that had a contemporary service and a traditional service like many evangelical churches do, but this was high church and low church, basically. So, yeah, uh, you know, my youth group kids would come in in robes. 
uh, and would carry a giant Bible in at the beginning of each service. Those kind of things, really intimidating for somebody who doesn't know what's happening. It was intimidating for me, and I worked there. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely there's definitely that moment of of if you're at that moment of decision, like, am I going to try this out? Am I going to figure this out? And with games, it's really easy for us to say, just jump in, just try it. And really, if you're listening to us, if you thought that we were just some random game podcast, which I hope you did, we love playing games with with you folks and everybody and everyone all together. And maybe you're hearing about this stuff about religion and you go, well, hopefully you've stuck with us. And you're wondering, why on earth would I ever want to get into something like that? I'd try it. And if you find that it's weird or you don't know what you're doing, find somebody who knows the rules. Right. You know, just like at a game store, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what other people are like, but I know what I'm like. If somebody is lurking, kind of standing near the table where I'm playing a game, I'm going to say, I'm going to pull out a chair and say, have a seat, check it out, and explain what's going on. And hopefully, we're doing that in our churches as well. And hopefully, you will find somebody at the church that you go to who will pull up out a chair, probably metaphorically speaking, and say, hey, have a seat. Let me show you what's going on. Um, and if you don't, and maybe you won't, and if you don't, I'm, I'm really, really sad for that situation. But we're going to pull out a chair for you and say, hey, look, there are people like you who love Jesus. We get, we get the Jesus stuff, and we are, we are super excited to share it with you. Uh, I hope that you find a local group that's that way too. But, but if you don't, or maybe you're just not, you're not into that yet. You're not ready to to go into that church building check us out on facebook hang out with us you know we want to pull out that chair for you and explain the faith that has changed our lives because uh, we believe that it'll change yours as well and i think that's the the biggest part about that it's that idea of of we're not sharing for sharing's sake we're not sharing because we think we're better than than you for liking one thing or another or or doing one ritual over another we're we're not superior to anybody at the same point, we serve one who is the god of all creation, the one who is the ruler and the author of all that is. And we have the opportunity to introduce you to him. And it's the coolest thing that we get to do. It's the coolest thing that we ever get to do with our time is to bring people who have who have never met God into his presence and be like, hey, we want to show you why we follow him. We want to show you. I, I had one of, one of our youth group kids recently Asked the question, if uh, if heaven wasn't a thing and you only could follow God now in in this time, would he still be worth following? Good question. It's a crazy good question, and I I, I had to respond with yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm glad for the fact that that's not the case, but even if it was, yeah, he's still worth it. Absolutely, we follow his way because we believe his way is a blessing, even if it doesn't look like a blessing. You know, to the outside observer, when you experience a relationship with him, that is, that is the the greatest blessing that you will ever have, and the life that he gives you, is a life that is abundant and full, and his life, his plan, for you, and you know we're so thrilled that we get to share both of these loves, right? We get to share the the geeky stuff that we love, and we get to share our, our love for God. And uh, we want to we want to share that with you uh, through this show, uh, but we want you to share with us as well. And the and the best place for you to do that is to go to our Facebook fan page, facebook.com/slash/gamestoreprofits. It is extraordinarily active. 
a little tiny oh, bit by every- me and a whole lot by Mike. <laughs> Well, it's not even it's not even just us anymore. For the, oh, for no. the longest time, it was Luke every once in a while, and me because I'm bored at work and I found geeky awesomeness. But anymore, we have so many people who are contributing, so many people who are throwing up. It's hard to catch up, left, right, and sideways. It is. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. To... Oh, we just had we just had one. We were talking about the fact that you know maybe you stumble on us because we're a games podcast. Or maybe you were kind of avoiding us because you thought we were a games podcast. There's a guy, his name's Tom, and he was on our Facebook page. And Tom's like, uh, he, he found us through the podcast initiative, which is that, that theme week mm-hmm. we did last time. Right. And uh, he's like, I kind of wanted to listen to you guys last because I thought that there was you guys were just talking about games. And I, I, I'm not a gamer, but, you know, he... I was blessed because I got to read this message about how the stuff that we were talking about was blessing his life. And I, if nothing else, I will say I will totally throw myself out there and say, I want to hear more about that. I want to hear more stories like that. The biggest thing I can say is that when we started this podcast, we wanted to to do this because we thought we were the only ones doing it. We thought we were the only ones out here trying to be geeks for Jesus. As, as the podcast has grown, as the community has grown, we've discovered that, that not only are we not alone, there's a lot of us out here. Right. And even, you know, kind of kind of to bring back, we'll bookend it, uh, uh, at the Steampunk World's Fair, I got to meet this band. And it was really funny, because I had no agenda this year. I really didn't. I had a v- VIP pass. I could go to anything. But for me, I just decided that this year, I was just going to kick back. I was going to meet friendly people. I was going to talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. I wanted to, to look at the cool costume stuff. And I, I just wanted to relax. So my friends and I were sitting at this, this table in the courtyard. And the the one stage out there in the courtyard, they, a, a band was setting up. And we'd never heard, of, never heard of them before. It's a band called Insomniac Folklore. And they started off by doing a sound check. They were one of the first performances of the fair at this stage. They were doing a sound check, and now normally, if you've been to a concert, the sound check is like check, check, whatever, you know. Sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. These people came up, and it was it was three, uh, two ladies and a guy, and the one woman gets on the mic, and she just starts singing. She's sound checking in song, and and then it moves on to him, and and he goes on to another one, and he just starts off with this real this real deep kind of solid sound and it almost reminded me of chanting and i go wow this is the most epic mic check i think i've ever heard so then they start playing and i'm, I'm noticing and i'm and first of all the first thing i noticed was that uh the one woman brought out a little puppet that was a sheep with glasses and she sang along to the song as the sheep and i'm like i'm i'm gonna buy something from these people i want to support them because that's just awesome I, I literally looked over to my friend and said, if the sheep starts singing, then I'm buying their CD. But uh, I'm listening as they're singing, and it's old school, like, folk kind of music, and it's great. And I'm noticing, I'm noticing, like, Bible references. I'm like, no, this is the World's Fair. I'm the only one who does that here. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just, and I, I literally was in my head kind of talking myself out of the fact that I'm hearing people who love God at the World's Fair, because usually it's my own voice. But then we get to the end, and it was a very small crowd because it was very early on the first day, so it's a very small crowd. And the crowd got loud. It was my friends, most of whom were absolutely drunk at this point, just to give you the complete picture of this. 
Seems accurate. And my friends start cheering for an encore. And so they do. And the last song they play is This Little Light of Mine, the kids' Sunday school song. Nice. And then I remembered that This Little Light of Mine hasn't always been a kids' Sunday school song. It used to be that old spiritual, like, that, that, that oh, kind of song. They'd sing at the tent revivals. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, there, there's no irony in this. They're singing This Little Light of Mine. They've gotten the Steampunk World's Fair in all its drunken debauchery, to sing with them this little light of mine. And so when they got done, I bum-rushed that stage. I, I, I was like, I can't believe you ended with that song. That is fantastic. And I literally walked up to them, and I, I was the meme. I walked up and said, shut up and take my money. <laughs> I'm like, what do you have to sell me? I want it. Freaks and geeks for Jesus, man. We're everywhere. And... By the time I was done with that that first night, I had spent a lot of time talking with them at their table. You know, sadly they had to leave; they were on tour, uh, so they are on tour. And if you are at a a performance place in your neck of the woods, they're heading back toward to the West Coast now. And if you see a sign that says Insomniac Folklore, you need to be there because these people are awesome. And I actually got permission from them. I got permission for them to play. This Little Light of Mine. It's on one of their CDs. I got their oh, permission awesome. to play their rendition of This Little Light of Mine on the podcast. So after you hear us end and you hear our, our happy little tagline, we're, I'm going to play you from Insomniac Folklore. I'm going to play you their version of This Little Light of Mine. And it's hilarious and awesome and great. And you will find yourself doing motions like you did when you were a kid in Sunday school and loving every minute of it. Awesome. But we, we were talking and it was just... You know, we're talking about reaching people on the fringe, and there are so many of us out there that live on the fringe, that dwell in the in the fringe. Uh, there are people who are, are waiting to hear about the gospel of Christ, and there are people who are there who are sold out for Jesus who are just trying to tell other people about him. And we're all living there out on the edge, and sometimes it's scary, and sometimes it's wonderful, but at the end of the day, it is a heck of a time. And we all just want you to play one more round until you start to get how this game works. Absolutely. So come and share with us. Facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. GameStoreProfits.com. GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. And as always, it doesn't matter if you know how the rules work. It doesn't matter if you understand every mechanic. It doesn't even matter if you know what the dice are supposed to hit or not. It doesn't matter if you comprehend the grapple rules. Nobody does. <laughs> no matter how the dice fall. God is the game master, and the game plays on. Alright guys, as promised, we are we have been given permission from Insomniac Folklore to play you a track off of their CD, A Place Where Runaways Are Not Alone. It is their rendition of This Little Light of Mine. Check them out on Bandcamp, check them out on iTunes, and be sure to support them because they are awesome people and we love to support awesome. I was, I was going to start too. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Put it under a bushel, no! I'm gonna let it shine. 
Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.